Must be yeah. raining. My ankle hurts like a motherfucker. Boo. The one that I like obliterated and then basically immediately went back to work because my job sucked. I'm sorry, bro. It's all good now because America has it's now gotten universal health care, right? Yeah, right? that's exactly what's happened. <laughs> it definitely hasn't been sliding further and further towards fascism. Listen, you have fascism and universal health care. Two things can be true. Really? <laughs> Look at Britain. Uh, they're trying <laughs> to get rid of their universal health care, though, so, you know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Look at Canada. They're trying to get rid of their universal health care, though. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, a Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on Twitter at RoomwearPod. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is my definitely it's only been two weeks co-host August. Hi, hello. I've definitely only been gone for two weeks. Uh, you can find me on Twitter for the time being at Harpy Dora on Tumblr at Strange Harpy, and my pronouns are they them. Um, let's see. Oh, I forgot to pull up the cartoon news website. Um, and then I hit Control T inside a Reaper and opened a new track. This is great. <laughs> um, I didn't like arm the new track and start recording or anything like that. Yeah, but um, still. We're doing great, oh. y'all. Oh, apparently Pixar had a giant, lay- a large amount of layoffs. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. They laid off the person who salvaged one of the Toy Stories. Yeah, but also the guy who directed uh, Lightyear, so. <laughs> um, and nothing of value was lost. Oh, and also there's a sag Afra strike, just in general, so. They haven't Much started like- the strike yet. Oh, oh like, I thought they voted on it, though, right? They've authorized the strike, which okay. means that, um, if I recall correctly, they're waiting until, like, the end of June to see what happens with the writer's strike. And if there hasn't been a resolution to the writer's strike by the end of June, they're striking. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. That's my understanding of it. But the strike is authorized. It's It's primed and ready to go, which, let's fucking go. Um, yeah, because like last time we had a massive entertainment strike it like, man, she got so weird and it was very funny. <laughs> Though that also did it also did lead to like the the, the massive rise of. Uh, uh, p- p- reality content at the time, so who knows? Honestly, um, I'm all for it, like. Mm-hmm. I've got plenty of stuff to entertain myself with. I barely watch things anyway. It's I'm I'm just I'm just happy to to watch the the executives burn. So mm-hmm. in Minecraft. Right, exactly. And uh frankly, uh Spider-Verse has already come out, which means that 
<laughs> I wouldn't have to feel bad about going to see it. Um, <laughs> yep. Well, they, uh, nobody's see. calling for a boycott yet. Yeah. Um, also, in that news, uh, Spider Across the Spider-Verse opened up and uh, is apparently just doing fucking gangbusters. So... Um, two biggest movie openings of the year this year are animated movies, so that's interesting. Um, seems to be... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, evidently uh, Disney put out like a graphic with uh, Gravity Falls characters on it for Pride. Oh, oh yeah! I also had uh, Sasha and Anne from Amphibia, heavily implying, I guess, that they're. Well, I mean, I guess Sasha is low key queer, as of the last episode of uh, Amphibia. I guess no, I don't feel like that's really a spoiler. Like I'm, but, uh, I guess who were who was on the Gravity Fall? Who were what characters for Gravity Falls were in that weird chibi thing? <sighs> I I don't even remember. I glanced at it and was like, was it the wow. Cops? Maybe? I know that's who was supposed to be queer that Disney scrubbed out of it, but... Mm-hmm. Um... All right. Well, not really a whole lot of news. No. Um, do, do, do. Uh, what have you have you been watched any cartoons lately, August? Yes, actually. <sighs> um, so uh, I have cons- I've I've consumed. Um, I know I consumed a video essay. But I do not, for the life of me, recall uh, what it was. So I guess maybe it wasn't that impactful. I did involve. Uh, I did watch uh, Izzy's uh, do a video essay on the rise and fall of DeviantArt, which was fascinating because there was a lot of stuff from uh, after I left uh, the art scene that I just did not know about when it came to DeviantArt stuff. So. That was pretty good, but uh, the highlight of the the cartoons that I have watched was uh, D&D Honor Among Thieves. Uh, D&D movie good, actually. Truly, uh, fin- somehow, actually very good. It like, was... not, like it, the thing is, it didn't, like, blow my mind, but it's good. No. No, it wasn't it wasn't mind blowing in the slightest, but I didn't I didn't want it to be mind blowing. I wanted it to be a really good time, and that's exactly what I got. Um I got Chris Pratt or not Chris Pratt. God, if it had Chris been Pine. Chris Pratt, it would have sucked ass. Yeah, truly. Chris Pine, the the better of the Chris's. Mm-hmm. Uh uh Chris uh Chris Pine just absolutely uh living his best life, um, which was very good. Michelle Rodriguez, uh, as a buff barbarian lady, always very good. Um, 
just uh, generally a, a very good time. Lots of good nods to the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons lore. Um, yeah, I really great way to spend a couple of hours of time. Highly recommend it. Um, we were able to rent it off Amazon. Uh, well worth the the few bucks we spent on it. Sad we didn't see it in the theaters, but again, I'm not comfortable going to a theater in Atlanta, which is probably going to be packed. So. Yeah, fair. <laughs> not for the D&D movie. No. <laughs> you probably would have been fine for the D&D movie. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> which it is did, unfortunate. Uh, it did a grand total of $202 million on a budget of $150 million. Alas. Yeah. Which means it probably lost a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Cause you kind of doubled the budget for advertising is basically how you do movie math. Mm-hmm. So, which sucks. Yeah. Cause like they, they had some cool practical effects for all the creature people. Yes. Um, that's, that's honestly, the, the place where it falls down the most is the CGI. Like, the practical effects look really, really good, but then you get some of the CGI stuff, and it's just like, Ugh. I mean, some of it's not bad. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, is it is the CGI bad, or are they just rendering shit that's so ridiculously uncanny that you couldn't make it look real? <laughs> it's not about making it look real. It's about... I'm trying to think of how to how to put this. It's like the thing that stuck out to me the most is the fucking tentacles when everybody gets captured uh, by the big bad uh, near like the the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, just they completely the mo- the movements of the tentacles did not match the way that the actors were struggling against them, and ah. so it was very clear. Like it just it just looked off uh, in ways that like, yeah, the tentacles themselves were just kind of like mid, but it, you know, serviceable. But the animation was just not there. So it just didn't mesh. That's fair. That's fair. And Um, I just felt like some of the, you know, some of the CGI that was that was some of the most egregious stuff, but some of the other CGI just didn't land for me. But the practical effects were, wah, ah, uh, I've missed movies with practical effects. I don't know. I think you see a lot more practical effects than you think you do in a lot of a lot of stuff. It's uh. one of those things where a lot of the the people who are who are doing practical effects are unionized. And mm-hmm. so they don't get utilized nearly as often as they they historically have been or really should be. Like, I'm not saying no practical effects ever happen, but it's just there's a lot of stuff that gets that there's just a lot of stuff in, in a lot of Marvel is the most egregious, I think. Uh, for for not utilizing practical effects as much as they should. Ah, that's fair. 
I mean, like, recently they've they, they I, seemingly they have pulled back on. The thing is, it's not necessarily that like they should be using more practical effects. I feel like it's that they are producing so much shit that they have destroyed the CGI pipeline. <laughs> like they just don't give anyone any time to actually do anything. I mean, that's part of it for sure, but so, I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time is Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. and they did a lot of stuff with practical effects on that movie that make it look real and lived in that in in ways that you know, using a uh, Fuck, what's the what's the the technology that that Marvel's been using where you're just basically in a box with uh, Oh, the volume. The volume. Like there's no way that that the volume could produce the the kind of lived-in feel of the cockpit scenes in Pacific Rim. I don't know. Have you seen the first season of The Mandalorian? I've seen bits, uh, clips on uh, Tumblr, and I'm not saying it. Mandalorian looks bad. I just, I don't know. This is a hill I'll die on. Practical mm-hmm. effects deserve more love. Because like the 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 volume is a lot less. The problem is like Marvel has been re- relied on it during COVID because they just couldn't go anywhere. It was easy to. T- to cordon folks off and they thought it was the magic bullet because it did well in the Mandalorian seasons one and two. Um, But like at its core, what it really is, is like a fancy light box. And not much more than that. Like if you don't do anything to it, it does look like dog shit because it is in fact just a big wall of LEDs. Um, but the 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 real key is not like that it's supposed to replace stuff. It's just like another tool to enhance like lighting. So you get now it's basically instead of filming on like when you when you've got to create a fucking thing that just cannot possibly exist. and You could not create practically like a skyline. You know what I mean? Like if you need to have like a weird sky or an infinite amount of desert or something like that, like then you just build your set in front of the volume and then the volume fills in the rest like you do basically like you do in real life like when they'll go out and they'll go to a city to get like naturalistic lighting and then put up big green screen boards across it so they can digitally fill in this the cityscapes or something like that because they do that a lot in like um the most recent black panther because it's like it's a real set up into a point and Mm then um it's green screen because like they can't build uh they can't build a real wakanda like (laughs) Like, they can build a set, but they can't build a city. You know what I mean? hmm And so that's realistically what the volume is supposed to be, because it's like an evolution of, like, what James Cameron did on uh, the first Avatar movie, where he was using, like, basically he was using Unreal Engine to be able to frame shots on, like, a, a green screen stage. So he could, like, he could see what was going on using Unreal and then be able to practically, like, to correctly frame the shot. Um, And then it made it better, it made it easier for your animators to then integrate all of your effects because, like, it's all, it's all talking to each other because it's all putting all the correct information in. 
Um, Because, like, there's scenes that I didn't realize were filmed on the volume in The Mandalorian that I thought were real sets. (laughs) Like, uh, and I was like, oh, shit. It's just some boxes stacked in front of that son of a bitch, huh? It's just like, it's like any tool. You just gotta, gotta use it right. Mm -hmm. Um, But the... But, uh, yeah, D&D movie does look... The thing I also particularly like about the animal people is that they look real bad. They, like, look fake as hell. Like, uh... (laughs) And I love it. (laughs) They're so big. Yeah. They look very big. Yeah, they look... They look very disproportionate. Like, you're not fooling anybody. That's that's a person in a suit. Mm-hmm. But it looks the thing like, is, it looks it's mm-hmm. a really well put together suit. Uh, Just, I also loved the ba- that baby tabaxi that's in there is the fakest yeah. thing I've ever seen in the world. <laughs> it, it doesn't move right. <laughs> yeah, Just it, a horrible it little puppet. It's great, though. It's like, true, it is. It's great. It's cheesy, and so is the movie. Which yeah. Which helps. Like, the movie is just kind of... Re- it's very funny listening to Chris Pine talk about it. He's like, oh, yeah, everybody was training for their action scenes. I was just fucking off, because I don't do shit in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, hell this, yeah, buddy. This movie does not take itself seriously. If it took itself seriously, it would be absolutely abysmal. Mm-hmm. But it's not taking itself seriously at all, and that's that's great. It's it's a a great murder hobo party. Mm-hmm. I also love that, like the that Chris Pine is very obviously not a bard. <laughs> yeah, in that movie, he's just a rogue. What carries an instrument? <laughs> yeah, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, is he ever gonna cast a spell? I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> Because he doesn't, he can't cast magic. He's got no magic. He's just good at talking. Hey, charisma-based rogues are are completely reasonable. I know. I've <laughs> built a number of them. Um. Yeah, but anyway, that's is, yeah, very good. That's the the cartoons I've I've watched. No Minecraft. Well, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> um, one of the one of the series that uh, we've been watching ended kind of abruptly. Uh, Empire's S and P pour one out, um, but uh, in the ashes of Wait, or why from did it the end ashes. Abruptly? I don't know what okay. happened. Minecraft drama. I, I mean, I don't think it was drama. I think maybe it was just a matter of, you know, they were running out of build ideas for their individual empires. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but uh, from the ashes of Empire's SMP, uh, almost almost all of the, the Empire's people, if not all of them, I haven't checked, uh are in a new uh, series called New Life, uh, which is pretty fun so far. It Most people have only gotten to episode two or three. Um, but uh, it's worth checking out. It's very silly. Um, 
if you're at all interested in Minecraft, YouTube, uh, and you want to see a bunch of people playing modded Minecraft in a very silly way, uh, it's, it's worthwhile. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, I won't go too deep into it because I know I can, I can hear your eyes glazing over right now as we speak. No, um, I would not have asked about <laughs> it if I did not want to hear about it. Um, no, I'm, I'm sure our audience also is not terribly interested in Minecraft YouTube. Uh, and that's just unfortunate for them since this is my potentially my my special interest at the moment um but yeah it's good times good times new life good so uh what cartoons have you been watching in this past two weeks that definitely have been two weeks long um oh fuck uh let's see I think in the meantime, I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and the Spider-Verse movie. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 uh, is very good. It's extremely fucking good. Um, James Gunn very truly lands lands a ship that he uh, was slightly perturbed that he had to land because apparently... He was not consulted on Grimora dying <laughs> in uh, Endgame. Mm-hmm. So he had to write around that. Um, so that was fun. But the and also it feels like maybe Bradley Cooper wasn't available. I don't know. I don't know if it was always the plan or what. Um, but it was a good movie. The cast is very good at this point. Like they. They all are very committed to their characters and also uh, many of them are just never going to come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because they only want to work with James Gunn. Mm-hmm. Um, like large portion of the cast. I I think it's only Chris Pratt who's like very much guaranteed to come back. I think maybe because he only only because I think he signed a longer contract than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Uh, then I saw the Spider-Verse movie. It is uh, very good. I highly encourage people to go watch it because it's fan-fucking-tastic. Um, the... I just... Uh, apparent... The, the animation is somehow better than the first movie... Uh, and I don't know how they made it in the amount of time that they've made it in. <laughs> and also the fact that there's another one coming out next year. Because um, this is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, oh, shit. Spider-Verse is playing at the drive-ins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm oh. sure I'm sure it's going to play anywhere they can get it in. <laughs> yeah. Um. Maybe. Maybe something for us to consider later. Yeah, it's worth it. It's worth going yeah. fucking seeing. Um, the um, what other shit have I watched? Apparently, the second season of G Witch dropped, and I just fucking missed it. It's been going since like May. Damn. Yeah, 
Um, I'm like way behind on it. So I'm going to try and get caught up with that. Um, let's see. Uh, I have also, oh, it's also pride month, I guess. Happy, happy yes. gay to everybody. Um, yeah, Blizzard is a piece of shit company, but they did do something that entertains me uh, in in the way that uh, primates are entertained by by shiny things. Um, there's a, a toy in World of Warcraft where uh, when you use it, uh, you leave a rainbow trail behind you as you move. Uh, and they made that toy more accessible for Pride Month. Um, so yay, happy gay, but they're still a piece of shit company. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, speaking of shit that has just consumed my life, uh, The Legend of Zelda uh, Tears of the Kingdom has been a, a, a cartoon oh! I've been watching. That's the other, if if that ca- if video games count as cartoons, that's the other thing that I've been consuming. Uh, the We Love Katamari re-roll came out on Anya's birthday, and I have been playing it, and it is as delightful as the original. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, I've been playing playing the old uh, fucking... Tears you and kingdom. everybody but me. <laughs> you have the capability of doing so, August. I I do. That um, game, I very I I've never bought a game where I'm like, yeah, there is a, there is this is worth the fucking money I've spent on it. <laughs> More so than this this particular game. It's just so wild and weird. See, here's here's the problem. Here's here's the catch. I sucked so bad at Breath of the Wild that I gave up after about, like, seven hours. Like, I just sucked so bad at that game that it was not fun. Uh, So, and it's my understanding that Tears of the Kingdom is Breath of the Wild, but more. And so, so the chances... What bits of Breath of the Wild were not clicking? uh, Mostly... Mostly uh, combat, which is a huge part of that game. Uh, I am really bad at combat in most games, and uh, the fact that my weapons kept breaking uh, meant that there were times where I was running around uh, without a weapon, which is not fun. Well, that's fair. The the kind of the... The gluing shit together uh, mechanic is very compelling in this particular game and kind of helps with weapon breakage, but weapon breakage is still just a fundamental part of the way that game is designed. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll probably try to play it at some point uh, when Anya is a little less fascinated by it. But uh, yeah, I... I sucked at Breath of the Wild, which leads me to believe I will suck at Tears of the Kingdom to the point where it is not entertaining to play. That's fair. I've mostly been like uh, doing what I did in Breath of the Wild, which is like fighting everything, just like just fight everything. Uh, Like I was Mm -hmm. doing an arena that is just 
like a progressively harder series of fighting Lynels, the like big cat centaur things, mm-hmm. uh, which are like functionally mini bosses in the game and just like progressively harder versions of that. And I'm just like, yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> beating up these Lynels. Let's go farming mm-hmm. your asses for equipment. Uh, so that's been that's been pretty fun. Um, I think I should probably talk about these episodes. Yeah, um, we probably should. So this week we are covering episodes nine and ten, something ventured to someone framed and escape of the Palisman. Episode nine, something ventured someone framed came out March uh, 13th, 2020. Um, it was written by just one person. That's weird. Huh? Written by Zach Marcus, um, directed by Sage. Tunga. C-O-T-U-G-N-O. Tungno. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Synopsis. When Gus sneaks Luz into Hexide School to present at the Human Appreciation Society, Luz sees a side of the school she didn't expect. Sure. (laughs) I guess that's fine. Yeah. I mean, we've certainly we've certainly had worse with Steven Universe. So, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Plot synopsis. A new member of the Human Appreciation Society, Mathalamule. They spelled his name wrong in this summary. Uh, That is not, I know for a fact that is not how his name is spelled. Uh, (laughs) uh, He challenges Gus for his position as president by basically pretending he's like, Gus is a person who is like decidedly like a human weeb uh, while Mm -hmm. Mathalamule also human weeb but he's that one who's like dad works in japan or whatever you know his uncle works in 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 kyoto um uh to one up him gus uh enlists the help of um of luz by basically lying to her uh, and saying that she is no longer banned from hexide um and uh uh, and also, like, we we run into, like, Ida basically being like, you shouldn't have to go to Hexide. Hexide's lame, and it, and it sucks. Um, uh, after the... So the next day, uh, Gus brings Luz to the school, and he disguises her as a student so that she won't get caught. Um... Willow uh, basically immediately calls this and is like, this is a bad idea, Gus. <laughs> and he's like, no, it'll be fine. Willow's like, it certainly will not be. Um, back at the Owl House, Ida is thinking about Luz's desire to like attend the magic school. Uh, and she reluctantly decides to go talk to Principal Bump about the whole situation. Um, she asks to have Luz enrolled at Hexide. And Principal Bump is like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And uh, he's like, I think it'd be useful for us to actually have like a human exchange student. It would be like help kind of enrich the culture around here. But you were a piece of shit when you were here, Ida, and you've got to fix all your all of the fucking shit you've left behind. And it turns out um, Ida left behind 
she's just a ton of shit. And considering I think she's been gone from the school for like maybe close to 20 years, uh, she left like uh, nuclear fallout levels of damage <laughs> to the to Hexide Academy. Um Meanwhile, uh, Luz uh, impresses the Human Appreciation Society and Mathalemule uh, does uh, dime them out to the principal. Um, while they are, uh, while uh, Luz and Gus are being taken away, so does Mathalemule. They get put into detention, um, which is just some kind of hell room that encases students uh in bubbles and brainwashes them to be quote unquote good. Um, Gus confesses at this point finally to lose that he lied to her about the ban being lifted and he apologized for letting his desire to stay as president uh, get the better of him. Lose forgives him and together they rescue Metholomule and they escape from detention. Um, just about as Willow was attempting to free them uh, from the hell that is detention. Um, uh, it's about this time that Bump finally agrees to that Ida has done enough and allows Luz to uh, attend Hexide. Um, as things are finally popping off, uh, they're like Punishable Bump discovers all of the damage, begins to blame Luz for all of the mayhem. And he's like, you know what? Actually, you're not going to be able to come to school. But Gus is like, hey, listen, I fucked this up. Um, I'm going to take full responsibility for everything. Uh, this convinces Principal Bump to take back what he said about uh, banning Luz once again, and he officially enrolls her next semester at the Hexide Academy. Uh, Gus uh, is removed from the Human Appreciation Society since uh, detention is uh, now out of order, and uh, this default makes Matholomew the new president, uh, but he is left on the floor as everyone does not give a shit. Uh, back at the Owl House, Ida goes through her old memories of all of the incidents that she caused while she was at Hexide and gets surprised when Luz tells her uh, that she was a terrible student. Starwipe the end. Once again, we had like a, another instance where the B plot and the A plot are both compelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, in, feed into each other. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, I'm not like I've said this before. I'm not like opposed to B plots or anything like that. It's just you know, when B plots don't have any impact on the the story at large, it gets frustrating. But yeah, this this A plot and B plot, both of them were were good. They both had the appropriate amount of weight put on them. Uh, just good stuff all around. Yeah, for real. Um, I really liked getting a, a, a more of a look at the school. I can see. So I know the school was not supposed to be as big of a part originally. Um, but I feel like they when go now when they got forced into it, I feel like they went really fucking ham on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that detention is just I love that it's awful. It just is terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, just the boiling aisles continue to be just a nightmare to exist in. It's so good. Um, I love the hu the human appreciation society stuff is just so so fucking anime club. It, it it hurts. I loved the the dig at electoral politics. <laughs> uh, 
always, uh, always unfortunately relevant. Mm, true. Um, uh, but yeah, it was definitely, definitely also love the anime club vibes and just, uh, you know, the, the way, the way people, I was going to say the way kids jockey for, for, you know, some modicum of, of prestige, but I mean, let's be real fucking adults do this kind of shit too. So yeah, for really real, um, the what was I, I can't remember um the i i also appreciate willow just being like this is not this is a terrible fucking idea <laughs> mm-hmm. like the whole time being like uh this is a terrible idea that you have planned out gus and it will fail i'll be over here waiting for it to fail and then to come come and help Uh, I also like Matholomew. I get used to Matholomew. We're going to see him quite often. Uh, Yeah. He's just like a recurring bullshit character. Uh, He's very, he he gets very funny in season three. I mean, he's pretty, pretty funny from what, uh, what I've seen of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, up until the point that I've watched too, so uh, yeah, because he's also the kid. He's also the kid from the, um, from the episode where like Wiz- Amity and uh, Luz had their like wizard duel, where he's like, "Am I the future?" and he makes his head real big, and they're like, "No." <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Uh, the, uh, uh, Ida's design skills with the bad girl coven shirt, uh, good stuff. True. Uh, I'd, I'd buy and wear that. I wonder, let me see if I can't find a bad, bad girl. Bad girl coven shirt. Oh, oh, there's like an official, this is an official piece of merchandise. What? I believe so. It's from a a website called The Mystery Shack. They seem to have a license. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um... There's also an abomination skateboard deck. God bless. Oh, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of merchandise on here. Interesting. Huh. Fun. Um I like also the the uh, Ida swallowing her pride uh, sort of approach being like, you know what? I am actually, in fact, kind of shit at this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it. It's definitely 
furthering the uh the 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 shit forgot the word um furthering the idea that that Ida does take Luz seriously and does want her to succeed um despite her own personal feelings about the education system um which I feel like is is kind of a good contrast with what we've seen of her mother so far because her mother I mean again we you know I don't think that we're supposed to think that her mother is a bad person or anything like that but you know her mother's solution to Lucy's struggles is conversion camp so you know mm-hmm. well, quite a bit of contrast there yeah I I would say hold off on generally a, it takes a while uh, just because we do not see her very much like at all mm-hmm. um, throughout this season like we I don't think we see Camilla again until season two yeah I mean up until I've watched uh, we've seen her uh like twice i think yeah and like it's Um, there's not it she's at least not in season one of any substance mm -hmm. she sets up like a mystery that is resolved in season two i think is her basically main focus um but i would generally hold off on opinions on camilla I guess until we get a little bit more of her in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I really wish they would put more of her in season one because of the fandom in general was very, very like anti Camilla for a long time. Um, I to think be maybe, fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah, to be fair, the, what we've, what we've seen of her is not an indic, you know, an indication of, you know, a great deal of understanding towards her daughter. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I can, I can understand why the uh, fandom does not particularly care for her. The it though, Ida, I think is like does is functionally loses other mom. You know, uh, as far as the series is concerned, like Ida is going to, you know, is, is taking in, taking on that, like, uh, mentory motherly, uh, paternal sort of role for, for Luz. And even more so, I guess, uh, for King as demonstrated by the next episode where they're b- treating him like he's a fucking five-year-old. Yeah. Um, let's see. I like I like every one of the bits of all of the shit that Ida created um are hilarious. <laughs> mhm. Uh, especially the graffiti that screams no mother as it is destroyed. <laughs> yeah, does that count? Does that count toward towards Ida's war crimes count? I, that's a crime, but I don't know if it's a war crime. Okay. Like that's fair. Just because I I feel like thing begging you begging uh begging you to not murder it is not necessarily a war crime. 
Yeah, that's it's just that's murder, fair. which it's is a regular just, crime. <laughs> yeah, and we're not counting it as regular crimes. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I I, uh, I do like it, like her showing that she has this resolve to do the, do these things that she does not want to for the be- betterment of Luz is showing some really solid like character development for Ida. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Almost more so of an episode for Ida, Ida and Gus's character development than Luz's really. Luz just kind of exists yeah. and she didn't do shit. Like none of this was her fault. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a catalyst, but uh not the root cause. Yeah. And like a catalyst, she remains unchanged at the end of the reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is fine. I mean, you know, not every episode has to be uh has to serve the the character growth of the main character or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's also very funny that Disney's big push for this become like basically their own little Hogwarts. Like she, she doesn't get to the, the first day of school until for two more episodes. So halfway, no, more than halfway through season one, she gets into school and then basically they abandon school as far as season two fucking goes. <laughs> It is mm-hmm. very funny how quickly they were, how slowly they drug their feet on getting to school and then just kind of low key abandoned it. That feels like my academic career. Mm hmm. Uh, do we have anything more for something ventured someone framed? Um, I think that, uh, I I think that there's, you know, a couple of a couple of more jabs at like uh elect you know, the the politics of the time that were were kind of interesting. Uh and also uh God, I think it was Willow who was like this or Gus is like, this is where we play the sport mm-hmm. uh when they go out to the to the um the stadium. Just, uh, they know, they know their target audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, they, it'll be very fun when we get more, I feel like Grudgeby is extremely funny. Grudgeby's very good. It's true. Grudgeby is a great fake, fake sport. Cause like the rules make sense and then they don't and it's great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cause Grudgeby is just regular football really. Or I regular guess football, football, but yeah, regular American football, but also like have the the uh, batshit logic of the golden snitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you like to hear some ridiculous names for uh, ridiculous translations? Not the names are not ridiculous, but the direct like uh, verbatim translations of these titles are some some of these are really good. Absolutely. Um, so in Spanish, the direct translation is an adventure too much tricks. <laughs> uh, in Portuguese, it's here you plant, here you harvest, which I want. I wonder is like. Maybe it's something like you reap what you sow, yeah. but that doesn't. 
I mean, I guess Gus reaps what he sows, but mm-hmm. um, German is the direct translation for some fucking reason is humans and in- the humans incorporated. Okay. Um, in Hebrew, it's the entangled stealth. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Um, um, in Malay, uh, it's something is worked on. Someone is accused. And, uh, then, uh, in Dutch, it's who does not dare who makes up. Okay. Um, so those are the, those are the funniest ones. Most of the other ones are good. Like, it's like, in Italian, it's lose goes to school, which is, like, fine. Um, in Finnish, the direct translation is a little white lie, which is correct. <laughs> I feel like. Yeah. Um, the... In, in Czech, it is sometimes it doesn't work out. <laughs> You know what? That's <laughs> true. That's I guess. absolutely correct. Um. Anyways, moving on to episode ten, "Escape of the Palisman" uh, came out on March twentieth, twenty twenty. Um, it was written by John uh, Bailey Owen. Rachel Vine and Dana Terrace. Oh, the last episode is the first episode not with a Dana Terrace writing credit on it. Hmm. And also was only written by one person. Um, wild. I'm wonder. I'm one. I have my suspicions that maybe that's not correct, considering that it's ridiculously different from all the other ones. Um. Oh, I weird. So anyway, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, um, This was written by John Bailey Owens, Rachel Vine, Dane Terrace, and directed by Awinder Diwali. Um, Synopsis. When an adventure with Ida's staff goes awry, Luz and her friends have to earn the staff back from the mysterious, from a mysterious forest creature or lose it forever. Meanwhile, King tards its kids with a cursed Ida. That's such a long synopsis. Yeah, but I mean, it's. Cr- I mean, the A plot and the B plot diverge so wildly in this episode. I do feel like you like, don't have to summarize the B plot <laughs> in your synopsis. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, plot. Ida and Luz are at the play. Nope, sorry. My bad. Ida and Luz are at the Slayground uh, with King. That's what it's called. That's apparently canonically it's called the Slayground. <laughs> this show is so dumb. I love it. Um, with King, who is trying to claim a slide as his throne, he is quote unquote overthrown. I don't think it's quote unquote. He was, in fact, overthrown by one of the kindergartners. Um... Ida has a bit of like a has like a curse episode uh, and has to be rushed back to the house. Um, 
while she is at the house, we discover that Luz uh, cannot stick around because she is going to go participate in sports fandom with her friends over at Hexide um, and heads on out. Uh, Ida saying like she's more than capable of taking care of herself over at Hexide. Uh, Luz meets up with Willow and Gus, um, but realizes that she doesn't have any Hexide merchant in horror of horrors is um dressed in the colors of the other school so she goes inside to get some get some swag but when she comes out the bus has already left willow and gus didn't want to leave without her and so they're all kind of stranded uh willow willow says her parents here but i know for a fact that willow has dads and she refers to them later in the series as her dads not as her parents as uh the owl house progressively gives less and less of a fuck uh (laughs) uh so Willow's like, my dads are working. I can't I can't get a ride. Um, and uh, uh, Luz is like, oh, wait, I know where we could get a ride. We get a ride from Ida. Going back to the house, uh, we discover that Ida has been partially she's like fully physically transformed into the owl beast, but like is kind of stuck between the two modes brain wise, I guess, is what it's seemingly implying here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's a plot contrivance is what it is. <laughs> a plot contrivance makes the owl beast extremely susceptible to, to suggestion. Um, and uh, King is going to use this to take revenge on literal children. Um, uh, he also tells uh, Luz that it would be totally cool if she borrowed Ida's staff. Uh, Luz has some trepidation about this and not getting direct confirmation from Ida, um, but uh, really wants to impress her friends, so she does so anyways. Um, long story short, uh, on the B-plot, we'll sum it up. King uses Ida to terrorize some children. Uh, they are attacked by uh, the animal control, which are the poachers that we saw that tried to take down Hootie when he was a big house creature. Um and uh, they are able to escape uh, by King harnessing the power of his extremely adorable rage scream. And uh, they'll get back to the house while meanwhile, uh, Luz um, gets on Albert um, and goes to fly off. But it turns out that palisman staffs are not like horses and will just fucking run into a wall. Uh, <laughs> um uh, this cracks Albert, um, who runs deep into the forest. Uh, he seeks protection from the Bat Queen, whom we saw previously with her kids. Um, the Bat Queen is extremely protective of Albert, seemingly can communicate with him. Um, and to earn back his trust, Luz must complete three trials, um, which I will remember off the top of my head. Um, one is something, something bees. One is milking a spider cow and one is washing her babies. Is that it? Those are the three trials. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, when she completes those three trials, Albert's like, okay, I forgive you lose. Um, but the, the bat queen is like, no, uh, you are a bad fucking owner. Ida is a bad fucking owner. He's not going back with you. Uh, and then, uh, challenges lose to single combat during single combat, what we learn is that the Bat Queen herself uh, is not a demon. She is, in fact, a palisman. Um, she was a palisman carved for, like, a massive giant staff. 
um, but things went bad, and now she is basically the, you know, she is the the protector of the island of lost toys here on the boiling island. Uh, she protects a bunch of, like, palismans, um, and, uh, she kind of come, realizes, like, hey, her own trauma is not, she shouldn't be taking that out on Albert. Uh, Luz promises that if she ever wants to try and figure out what went down with her owner, uh, that Luz is more than happy to help her. A plot point that will never be picked up again. Um, <laughs> back at the Owl House, um, Albert gets an adorable little bandage, um, tries to lie to Ida, who sees through it immediately, but also doesn't really care. Uh... And um, we get a scene of Ida realizing that the potion, the elixirs are no longer working as well as they are. They're losing their effectiveness of being able to control the curse. Uh, and then we get a cute little scene of the uh, the Bat Queen uh, feeding her babies a book. Uh, yes, I said feeding, not reading uh, her babies a book so they can gain knowledge and get big star wipe the end. Um... So how about that disability metaphor, huh? <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, guys, guys. I know sometimes you just need a plot to happen, I guess. I don't know. Like, I feel like the elixir is no longer working. That's a, a fine. That's a fine storyline, you know? Um, It adds rising tension to the plot and all that jazz. I just feel like. Mm -hmm. They really are just like, uh, something, something, disability metaphor, uh, we need a plot, uh, and I don't think we'd ever do this again with the owl curse, but it's, like, not, not, uh, not great. Especially for, like, such a dumb, <laughs> dumb B-plot that King must fight children, the B-plot. Uh, I do like that the hunter guy, apparently not dead. I, I a hundred percent thought they were all dead. Um, turns out they're not. <laughs> so the, the kids, kids did not commit murder, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did like, I did like that the one shot, like the, the, the heel turn on the one snot nosed kid was fucking great. Yes. <laughs> I love him. Literal snot-nosed kid. <laughs> yes. Um, loved, loved that. That was, that was inspired, frankly. Being like, I will seize your throne, king. Uh, but otherwise, that whole B-plot uh, was fucking bad. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I think where it goes to... Like what creating more tension in the story by being like, oh, the elixirs are no longer working. I think that is not an. I don't like that's a fine plot line, but you could have gotten yeah. there uh, in a million better ways. Yeah, like. It's a bad look to set up. I mean, it's it's already not that great that you're setting up this metaphor for marginalization in such a way that the the metaphor implies that the marginalized person is dangerous for that marginalization 
you know, like you see that with like the mages and Dragon Age mm-hmm. and classic X Men and the X Men. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's already not really that great. But then you know, exploiting the person with you know that marginalized person on that axis is just it's so gross yeah it's bad it's very bad um so it's i do think this is the last time this of something of this level of bullshit happens vis-a-vis the curse though i mean Mm -hmm. it's fundamental the fundamental problem that is the framing device of the curse doesn't doesn't go away but i feel like does get yeah from different i guess in like it's fine if it's just like the thing is it can just be a curse it doesn't have to be a disability metaphor you know what i mean you can just curse somebody and it's a problem they have to deal with like it doesn't have to be a bigger metaphor uh, especially if you're going to frame it in these these things like it's a magical world. People can be cursed. It's whatever. But yeah, uh, I don't I don't know. Like. I feel like it would be really difficult to do something like a curse and not have it. Edge into like disability territory because of the nature of a curse being being something that negatively impacts your life. Yeah. But uh, also you don't have to le- you don't have to intentionally lean into it. That's true. <laughs> you can just tell a story about a curse and yes, there are going to be crossover like aspects of the story. But like that's just storytelling, baby. Like th- there's shit that crosses like that's just storytelling fundamentals that there are parts of storytelling that overlap. But you don't have to lean into them and make them kind of this central point when you're not going when you're not when you don't fucking take it seriously and you don't mm-hmm. think it like it wasn't thought through properly. Mm-hmm. They do like the only thing that saves this is that Ida does get incredibly hot like. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> what do you mean get incredibly hot because it's already incredibly like hot yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah no it's <sighs> again i don't feel like i'm terribly qualified to to speak on it at length just because it's like it's not something that i personally deal with um but yeah it's bad. It feels bad. Although, um, you know, on that note, like being, you know, demonstrating the ways in which, you know, your disability can make it hard to manage your disability, like with ADHD management in, in particular is just one one that affects a lot of folks that I know. So it's like, hmm, you know, seeing some similarities there, you know, that much is at least kind of interesting. And, you know, it is entirely possible for 
uh, a treatment to lose efficacy, um, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that is a good plot point. It's an interesting plot point. Interest, you know, generates some interesting stakes. That kind of thing. Yeah. So and like you know, I can, it's not. I can take some like uh, like not ideal shit because like you you got to tell a story. You know what I mean? Like sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to make some stuff happen to make a plot go forward. Um, yeah. But like this was uh, not not the way one should do that. Yeah. Um, and also what hurts is like, while the A plot is fun, it doesn't do anything. Like we learn about, I mean, we learn about the bat queen, a character everybody was clamoring for information on, I guess. I mean, it feels like the kind of thing that would have come up, you know, it would have, I mean, okay. It does, it does feed in, to a little bit of stuff that happens in season two, just knowing that the Bat Queen is like the queen of misfit toys, um, you know, misfit palisman. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it really feels like the kind of thing that they had to cut because they got cut short. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so, we would have gotten more, more Bat Queen. It's just like, it it feels like it was setting up that she was the giants, you know, the boiling aisles, the giant of the boiling aisles palisman. Yeah. Is what you know, it feels like it was setting up for. Could be. That certainly could be one of the aspects that they were implying. It's not something I had thought about, but. Um. Well, I mean, she was she was the palisman for somebody who was clearly very large. Yeah. And there's only so many giant skeletons floating around. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's a shame that we, you know, because I it feels incredibly intentional that somebody who, you know, not a major character, but, you know, somebody who, who gets an okay amount of screen time so far is you know, that has that kind of reveal, you know, it's, I don't know, just, it feels like wasted potential Mm -hmm. and it's not the show's fault. Right. It's, uh, yeah. Um, And just one of those things where it's like, there was nothing to distract from this bad B plot. There was just like a, a, a fine, a serviceable A plot and a B plot that like does some undermining of its, of the show's like, like core ideas. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause like, I did like, I like the stuff. Like, I think the baby bat things are cool. Gus with his gay little flags is very cute. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm hmm. Uh, loose, uh, uh, Luce and Willow's exchange, uh, where Willow's like, those are bones, and Luce is like, not if I never look down. That's oh, the opposite, where, uh, like, Willow's like, nope, they're just sticks if I keep looking up. Like, that's a very, okay. I like, I like this, that in general, this been them being like, yeah, the, bo- like, continue, again, we, very core to, to, uh, the Owl House, the boiling house are fucked up. 
Yeah. And I do appreciate that they do not shy away from the Boiling Isles continuing to be fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Um, Like, the thing, the characters are very good right now. Um, It's just like, we need to, I feel midway through this season, it's a little bit like wheel spinny as the probably at this point when the like as the uh the it feels as though like this is about where the shift when disney was like we would like more school things please thank you mm-hmm. yeah i can definitely see that um it's i mean I feel bad because I liked the the school stuff, though. Like, yeah, it's true. I, they I, do a good job with it. Like, I'm like, they like they may have been kind of like, I, I mean, I guess the other thing is like Hexide was always supposed to be in the show, just not as big of a focus. Mm-hmm. But they I can see why Disney was like, please, more of this school. It's compelling. Like, it, it seems like an intro, like it's an interesting place. And it's fun and it's like a little bit edgy, like it's edgy in a fun kid's way, you know? Yeah, it's it's like an edgy early Hogwarts kind of thing. Right. And I can see why Um, Disney was like, yeah, more of that. Like. I mean, I think it's dumb. Just let people do the shows that they pitch. But, you know, I can also see why they were like, oh, this is this is compelling. We would like more of this. Also, you know, we want Harry Potter money. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just I, I feel a little bad for liking it as much as I do. And, you know, not that I resent them for for leaving the school stuff behind, you know, when they do or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, like you said, it is it is really compelling. It's a, a fun little take on the magic school, partially because, you know, again, the boiling aisles is fucked up. But like it's willing to sit with that as opposed to the Harry Potter books where, you know, shit's fucked, but we're supposed to accept that as normal and fine. Mm -hmm. And like, if there was, I I mean, again, I guess there, I was was about to say the dumbest shit. (laughs) I wish there was like a YA series that was like this. There is, it's called the Owl House. I'm watching it. What the fuck is wrong with me? (laughs) Uh, anyways, ignore that. <laughs> oh, boy. So, my last note is just me being a little shithead. But what are the logistics of palisman breeding? They don't breed. Oh fuck, she had children. Right, you're right. Oh fuck. Oh fuck, August. (laughs) And also they look like her. Did she like bud? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if if it's if it's like a fruiting body. I mean, they are tree like they are carved from special wood. 
Yeah. So maybe they do. Maybe it's like a fucking um, a where you take a cutting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably the answer. <laughs> I mean, the the real answer is probably nobody cares, mm-hmm. and it's just you know just fucking accept that the Bat Queen has babies. Yeah. But that's not who I am as a person. So mm-hmm. does the Bat Queen fuck? our new our new mystery that we must solve in the same way that we had to solve the parentage of uh onion yeah i'll you want i'll uh hold on a second let me get twitter pulled up and i'll i'll tweet at dana terrace oh my god no um second dana terrace twitter i swear to god brian what you can't stop me i'm over here you can't revoke my access to our twitter (laughs) (sighs) just just stop and think Mm -hmm. like Maybe we could try to shoot our shot with with getting Dana Terrace on the show. <laughs> I think this is our way to do it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> How about if I take the word fuck out of it and just does the Bat Queen bang? <sighs> <laughs> does the Bat Queen have a baby daddy? Yeah. All right. <laughs> What? No, fuck off. It's, Twitter just gave me a notification of like, help Twitter get better at talking to you by using Twitter. And it's like, not on this account, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess outside of that... Yeah, I mean that's it. Like it's not a deep episode, just mad at it a little bit. Yeah. Um and it, the thing is like they 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 this is self-owed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this isn't this isn't like when we get mad at Steven Universe for swinging real big and coming up short on a message. This was just kind of willful yeah. like not engaging thoughtfully in your own metaphor. Yeah. Um, and I mean, listen, fucking yeah. it happens, but not ideal. Not yeah. Like- and again, I feel like I feel like this would have been a, a weightier a plot if they'd had more than two seasons and three maxi maxi episodes. Yeah, not even movies. Yeah. Um, so, so, um, oh, let's take a look at the, the, let's see if there's anything wild on the direct translations. Ah, yes. Uh, I think Palisman has a, has a different translation in Spanish, but I do really like it. 
Um, so mm-hmm. in Spanish for the Latin American audience, it was the es- the escape from the Talami- Talamigo. Oh, that's what- cute. Yeah, Talamigo is a pretty cool word. That's really Which cute. I imagine it's a portmanteau like Palisman is. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because Amigo is friend and... I'm assuming the the word for for talisman is is something similar. Yeah. So it's cool. It's nice. It's good. Um, in German, it is where is Albert? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, talisman is is basically talisman okay. with an accent on the A. So um, um, Talamigo is a very apt translation it's very cute i love it um in arabic the direct translation is mascot escape (laughs) (laughs) apparently mascot is a pretty common because in hebrew it's escape of the mascot Mm -hmm. (laughs) in japanese albert who ran away oh um Oh, I guess in Dutch, they also have a different portmanteau. So it's Escape of the Loyalismen. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, It's this. Loyalismen? 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 Loyalismen. Yeah, something like that. Not as good as Telemingo. Telemigo. Uh. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. Yeah. That's it. Uh. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting that uh, the translations and the show itself even uh, seem to to shy away from cons- calling it a familiar. Yeah, right? Um, like, they are witches. Which is fine. Like, it's interesting. You know, but Because that's obviously what the Palismans are kind of supposed to be. Just kind of a different yeah. vibe on, like, a, you know, as a witch is familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Um, all right. Well, next time, hopefully... Uh, quicker. <laughs> um, we will be covering episodes. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did we get any questions? We didn't get any questions. Despite. <laughs> I did remember to ask. It's true, but it but didn't no, come up. Didn't. Though you, everybody needs to go to Tumblr. There's a some kind of poll happening on Tumblr. Oh, yes. Um, I mean, by the time this episode rele- releases, the poll will probably be over. It's like neck and neck, but- too. Pearl is barely winning. Oh, when I posted it, um, Grunkle Stan was in the lead. All right, there has been, I guess, um, a sea change then. Yeah, it's it's the the let them say fuck tournament, and it's Pearl versus uh, Grunkle Stan. And here's here's my reasoning for why it should be Pearl, even even taking aside the fact that. Pearl is the the origination of let them say fuck. You know 
without beyond the shadow of a doubt that Grunkle Stan says fuck as soon as the kids are not in earshot, has said fuck, says fuck frequently. Like, there is no world, you know, there is no universe in which Grunkle Stan has not dropped the F-bomb at least once in his lifetime. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it just so happens that it's not on camera. Exactly. Just because the character is on a kid's show doesn't mean that they don't fundamentally swear. Yeah. Um, Pearl fundamentally doesn't swear by her own self-imposed rules. Like, this is just known about her. So. But she deserves it. She deserves one fuck as a treat. But yeah, by the time this releases, the poll will be over. And so, um, dear listeners, if you want to see the results, you can come to our Discord and scroll back up a ways in the Gay Space Chatting channel um, and uh, see see the results. They'll be linked there. Um, let's see. Uh, do we have yep yeah. uh let's see what's going on with uh FTL August uh cur- currently patreon things are being posted yeah you can hear me yeah. on, on, on FTL right now yeah you can um yeah so uh we're Scheduling issues have been a fuck. Um, So we haven't been able to get the last bit of FTL Presents Pathfinder uh, wrapped up. Um, So what we're doing right now is uh, for the next uh, couple of weeks, we'll be doing uh, a formerly Patreon exclusive arc where uh, IGM masks for uh, Zachary, Jade, and Brian. Uh, it was a really good time. I highly recommend this arc. Um, and uh, after that, um, depending on how quickly I can get the episodes edited, uh, we'll be starting season seven um, with uh, some new and interesting stuff going on so i'm excited for that as well uh thankfully i don't think recording issues are going to get in the way of that uh and then once we're able to record the last bit of the last arc of ftl presents that'll go in the feed wherever and i feel a little bad about that interrupting season seven uh once we start it but you know that's just how the scheduling cookie crumbles um so how about uh, things are buck wild in elder county land yeah yeah we got we're getting weird god buck fucking wild um we haven't even gotten to the wildest parts of that particular session oh boy Um, well, I am excited. Yeah, we're we uh, let's see, when do we record? Record next Sunday, so cutting it extremely close. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
love love running on empty podcast wise gee i could never uh relate (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah that's let's see do we have uh dumb kids is tracking along yeah uh we're 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 coming around the bend. Yeah. We're we're coming I, into the home stretch. For that, the twenty fourth? No, wait. Twenty fifth? Is that when we're recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Should be fun. Um. To. To see how that plays out or we're i guess i'll edit i'll edit this if i feel as though i if the answer to this question do you should we tell people that it's like if we're kind of trucking toward the end game i mean i don't feel like that's a particular secret or uh like i i feel like it's pretty obvious from where we're at August on that website that I sent you the one that had the shirt they have this baseball uh-huh. cap and I think I'm gonna fucking order it oh my god it's so fucking dope it's a so for the listener it's a flowery lion silk satin hat um, that looks cool as hell it does look <gasps> cool as hell there's a poster that features the dog nut. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> There's only one left in stock. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. <laughs> These are just pictures. They're quote unquote food flyers. They're just printed on regular office paper. <laughs> they're printed on okay, I guess they're printed on 100 pound glossy paper, but they're an eight by eight, eight and a half by eleven. This is the like minimum effort one could put in and still call it merchandise. I feel like. <laughs> oh, I guess it's worked I mean, on me. I don't know five. Five dollars for, yeah, it's reasonable. for three, three glossy mm-hmm. prints is not bad. Uh, uh, <laughs> anyways, sorry, listener, as I lose my yes. fucking mind over weird Steven Universe merchandise. They have also got Pearl Point stickers. Ooh, there's oh, there's a Steven God. Universe tarot card deck. What? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, there's some. Oh, yeah, there's some fun art here. here I'll send you a link to this, too. Oh, I'm already looking oh, at okay. it. <laughs> They've got the tiny whale. Oh, it's only Major Arcana. There are only so many Steven Universe characters, I guess. Uh, 
also like full tarot decks are really expensive so um anyways <laughs> yes anyways um um i do not know who the fuck played us out last I time don't either um Pick pick odds or evens. Evens. All right, I win. Um, I roll the dice. (laughs) Okay. Um. So, listener, (laughs) until next time, uh, I implore you uh, to be like Cookie Cat and maybe maybe keep a fucking recording schedule. Peace. Peace.